Hello and welcome to the Finance Hours podcast. I'm your host Luke and I'm joined today by my co-host Polina. Hey Luke, what have you got for us today? I'm a huge lover of cars Polina and this week I heard some exciting news on Mercedes. We know that they've pledged to sell only electric cars by the end of the decade but the market has been wondering how they're going to reach this target. I thought perhaps that they would look at German electric motor engineers but instead they've bought up an English company, Yassa. Yassa is a British electric motor company that originated in Oxford in 2009. They specifically build electric motors, specifically their axial flux motors, to high performance manufacturers like Ferrari and Williams. And they say that their product offers greater efficiency and are smaller, which has drawn in Mercedes as enables the motors to deliver the same amount of torque and power, but in a more compact setup, which is lighter and smaller. And this will add value to Mercedes electric vehicle range. The deal itself will be all cash, but no price has yet been publicly disclosed. Although at the end of 2019, Yasser was valued at £100 million. The company has been a supplier of Mercedes for the last two years, and this will help Mercedes as it will reduce the vertical integration friction. Mercedes enjoy healthy profit from their combustion vehicles at the moment, and I believe the margin is around 20%. Will the same sort of margin be achieved once they have electrified? Yes, Mercedes have always successfully marketed their brand, and the margin is healthy. This was a concern many investors were facing, but the Swedish boss has said that profit margins will be above 20%. The ideology behind this is that the margin will come from a range of sales that not only include the car itself, but software packages that will also be available. On top of this, Mercedes announced that it would be building eight gigafactories across the globe in order to produce battery cells of partners. They are already tied with Ferasis and CATL, but they're in the market for a new European partner. And this is where Yasser and their 250 employees have stepped up to the plate. Now Yasser's boss has said that Mercedes have not bought them, but the deal is to take the IP over to Germany. They also emphasize that this will not damage their existing business partners, and they will continue to supply other supercar customers that compete with Mercedes. Now I think this will be interesting to see how this one plays out, and if customers remain loyal to Yasser. That's all I got this week, Polina. What have you got for me? I'd like to talk about the UK inflation today. A senior Bank of England official said on Thursday that rapid price rises for consumer goods are unlikely to last, but UK rate setters will have to watch out for signs of wages increasing at a pace that could lead to more persistent inflation. Ben Broadbend, Deputy Governor for Monetary Policy, acknowledged that the extent of the rise in the UK inflation was hard to explain. Averaged over the past 18 months, it has been only slightly lower than before the pandemic, even though gross domestic product is still well below the pre-crisis level. Even though inflation is likely to rise further in the coming months, the appropriate policy response could well be nothing if it was only a story about global goods prices, he argued. But Ben Broadbent warned that policymakers would have to pay very close attention to the numbers in the labor market because inflationary pressures in the domestic economy could be more persistent. Labor shortages could lessen as the furlough scheme came to an end, but there could be still a mismatch between the jobs and workers available in particular places resulting in companies paying higher wages. We can't all become IT experts overnight, nor could one easily dismantle an office or restaurant in a city centre and transplant it elsewhere, he said, adding that it was not yet clear how far the cost of adapting to permanent shifts in demand had already been incurred or passed on to the consumers. 
His cautious comments suggest there will be a split of opinion on the Monetary Policy Committee when it meets next month, rather than a swing towards an early end to a quantitative easing. Kalina, what do the members of the Monetary Policy Committee think about this whole situation? Actually, markets were taken by surprise last week when Sir David Ramsden, the Bank of England's Deputy Governor for Markets and Banking, suggested that monetary policy might not have to be tightened earlier than thought to rein in inflation. He was echoed by Michael Saunders, an external member of the committee, who said that if the trends seen in the economy since May continued, it could become appropriate fairly soon to withdraw some of the current monetary stimulus. However, their views have since been tempered by comments from Jonathan Haskell, another external MPC member, who said this week that tightening policy could choke off the recovery and was not the right approach for now. Therefore, I'm interested to find out what the Monetary Policy Committee will decide in their meeting next month. You're listening to the Finance House podcast, and up next, we've got our biggest winners and our biggest losers of the week. Shares of Vionir, the Swedish company that makes advanced driver assistance systems known in the industry as ADAS, that add features ranging from collision warning to parking assist, exploded 56.5% higher on Friday. And the reason for that is Magna International. Canadian auto parts maker Magna International on Thursday agreed to buy Swedish rival Vionir for about $3.8 billion in cash to boost its efforts to build driver assistant tech geared towards autonomous vehicles. Magna will buy off Vionir's outstanding shares for $31.25 each and the acquisition represents an enterprise value of $3.3 billion including debt, the company said in a joint statement. Stockholm-based Vionir's market value was $2.23 billion based on its Thursday closing price. Vionir on Friday reported a 116% jump in second quarter net sales to $398 million as North American and European car makers add radar and camera systems in their upcoming models. The acquisition will expand Magna's advanced driver assistance systems business with major customers, provide access to new customers and regions, and save about $100 million in annual cost by 2024, the company said. The boards of both companies have approved the deal, which is expected to close by the end of this year. Luke, on to you now. Who is the loser this week? Our biggest loser this week is TAL Education Group, who are listed on the New York Stock Exchange under the tag TAL. They are down over 70%. On Thursday last week, the stock traded at around $20.56. But by the Friday open, the price had dropped to $8.86 as investors were flooding the market with TAL shares. The company is a leading K-12 after-school tutoring service provider in China. Now, Chinese companies have long offered investors interesting growth opportunities but they come with relatively high risk profiles. This is mainly due to threats of government intervention. And that's exactly what's happened here to TAL. Media outlets in the UK and China reported that PRC regulators are considering a new set of regulations. This then developed through Bloomberg reporting for profit education companies in China may have to become non-profit organizations. It was then that China banned companies that teach the school curriculum from making profits, raising capital or going public. And the short term and the long term effects here are huge. 
Now, in the short, we have this regulation to stop profit making, stop acquisitions, and stop teaching foreign curriculums. I mean, the government flexing its arms by forbidding the hiring of foreign teachers outside China has really put a dome over the companies involved in the sector to hide them from any FDI. In the long, these companies are in a chokehold. If tightening increases, I see very little way for these stocks and TAL to provide investors with returns. I see all Chinese educational providers becoming huddled into the public sector if this trend of flexing control continues. That's it. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.